0: Welcome to What's Your Download. If this is your first time joining us, we want to say hello. I'm Courtney. And I'm Letha. Uh, we created this podcast to hold honest, heart
1: centered conversations with healers and experts of all varieties. And we're so excited to have you joining us.
0: Dr. Leanna Hunt is a chiropractor and holds space for health, well being, and healing through mind, body, and spirit approaches. Her passion is helping others heal through nervous system based and energetically focused techniques. She has a family, perinatal, and pediatric chiropractic background, and she also offers lifestyle guidance in sleep, nutrition, exercise, energetics, meditation, and essential oils. Her intention and focus are on pain relief, pattern interpretation, and the individual's potential to unlock energy to bring a deeper awareness to life. Well, thank (laughs) you, Dr. Leanna Hunt, for being with us today on What's Your Download? Yeah,
2: thank you for having me.
0: It's our pleasure. We're excited to learn a little bit more about you and your practice. Yeah. And so you are a chiropractor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're a different kind of chiropractor, right? Yes. Can you explain that? Yeah.
2: From my perspective, chiropractic is really a body, or I would say from majority of society's perspective, it's really focused on the body. For me, I've working with patients and even prior, I knew that something was very different, more, I was more empathetic, more sensitive to information. And so the more that I started practicing, I started learning about all of these things. And that I could also really tap into understanding that this is a physical complaint, or maybe this is more mentally or emotional, and then going into the spiritual side of things. So, really looking at it from a holistic perspective so having that basic foundation of chiropractic being physical but then also going into the mental emotional and then spiritual side of healing because ultimately with health to be healthy we also need to go through processes of healing which we're doing all the time it's just ultimately some things are bigger that we need more healing on and then some things are small that may take a short amount of time so, Really focusing on mind, body, and spirit, and looking at it from a holistic perspective.
1: I've never, full disclosure, never received chiropractic care. Oh. At all. Like, even cracking knuckles is scary. Like I, That was one of my questions. Like, Is it yeah. bad for you to crack your joints and stuff? Because I grew up in the air. My parents would be like, don't crack your knuckles. Don't, you know. Yeah. So I've never had chiropractic care. So how does your approach differ from more of a traditional chiropractic care? And then is it yes. bad to crack your knuckles? Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Great question. I feel like, yeah, the cracking, the knuckles. Um, well, first off, I'll start with that. When there is that popping or that mm-hmm. release sound, it's gas coming from the joints joint it's gas yes gas coming from the joint I've
1: never heard that before
2: and it's happening so fast there is certain imaging I don't know if it's a functional MRI where they've actually recorded someone doing an adjustment to see the expansion of the joint and then it kind of comes back into what it was prior but it's slightly different so it's like releasing pressure exactly like almost like creating more space and I've even heard that from patients and I've experienced that myself too But where it's like, oh, I just feel like there's more space there. So that is what's happening. To do that to yourself, from my perspective, most likely is not the most beneficial way to get the gas to release or to create more space in your body. Uh, I know, like through yoga, I've experienced adjustments, mm-hmm. adjust like adjustments in quotations because there's a lot of different ways you can adjust to essentially life around us, mm-hmm. and so that space or that adjustment can occur, you know, through do through different methods. Now, where it be well, where it can become harmful is where we're forcefully doing it. So Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen anyone kind of like turn their head and then they like push their chin that, Yeah. yeah, that's not beneficial because most likely we don't know if that joint, the space is in the correct area. So then the body's response to that potentially could be where it's called wolf's law, where it starts to lay down more bone And it happens over... Lay down
1: more bone. What does that mean? Like grow more bone? Yes.
2: Really? Yeah. So if you heard of like degenerative disc disease Mm -hmm. or um, even where bones will fuse naturally, so you can have that surgically done. But then when that does it naturally, it's because there's so much pressure in different areas. The body is really intelligent. It's doing that for a purpose so that it... No other injury is occurring. But the problem is when things, when that happens, then ultimately the range of motion decreases. So from my perspective as a chiropractor, when we're forcefully adjusting, it's not like it's going to lay down bone right away and you can't move. It's going to be an overtime process that happens where that potentially could be going on. And a lot of times, too, if people are feeling like they need that or Mm -hmm. they feel like they need that release... That's my cue as a chiropractor to say most likely, yeah, your body does need a release somewhere somehow. And I'm trained in that. So mm-hmm. you can let help. me help.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that a lot. <laughs> you need release. <laughs> I need a lot of release. Let's be honest. Um, especially, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like when even when I'm driving. Yeah. I'll I'll want to. Like well, the crack something a fancy ergonomic car. I know. You so probably I don't never get anything like that and you don't, <laughs> don't need it. But yeah. <laughs> in the Volvo. <laughs> um not that we we love Volvos. Yeah. No, but uh just right when you're sitting or doing anything for any creative time we're, we're really not meant to be. Yeah. Sitting for Well, extended I think with COVID too and
1: everyone working from home and sitting in Maybe, you know, at work, they're required to make some sort of effort for ergonomics. think about it. How
0: many hours a day people spend in one position? I know. Sitting at desks in front of computers. That is the majority of people's experience, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so even to, like, we're sitting right now, which is a good example, and maybe someone who's listening is also sitting. The hip flexors, you're also, essentially, you're supposed to be sitting on the ischial tuberosities which are your butt bones. Okay, okay. <laughs> And we are complaining. a lot of the times people will start to round forward and then you tend to start sitting yeah. tilted on the sit bones mm-hmm. and then even into like the tailbone or the sacrum. Mm-hmm. And then that also then starts to kind of bring the head forward because the head weighs...
1: A lot. A lot, yes. (laughs) I've I've heard different (laughs) stats.
2: I need to learn about Smart Fit. I don't know anything about
1: Smart Fit. (laughs) Well, tangent. We'll talk about that
0: after.
2: Yeah. Um, And then the head weighs a lot. So then what happens is if we're also focused forward or looking down, the pressure from gravity is always pushing down on us, but then the head technically weighs more. And so then over time, it's a lot of stress on those muscles that are not designed to be doing that. It's true. I'm
1: and the and, like, worst that way. I'm forever. always... <laughs> no,
0: I know. Just, just talking about
1: it makes yeah. me want to sit up.
0: Yes. And exactly. Put,
1: on the right bones? The
0: yes. Right bones. Yeah. <laughs> They're kind
2: of... So important. They can be bony. If, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. I apologize for the ergonomic conditions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I need to order a different table. But so you do do adjustments?
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah. And
0: yeah. you do also work on an energetic level?
2: Yes. And that's something that I've been practicing because I've practiced in multiple different clinics where that's not necessarily a focus per se. So, And it's been a almost like an internal training of boundaries for me mm. because I feel like with sort of my sensitivity, it's like I can somewhat tap into some of the information that's going on with them through them verbally speaking with me, but then also just on an energetic level of like, ooh, what is going on right here? Or maybe I'll visually see it. Like, whoa, yeah, your hip is really high. Like... There's definitely going to be tension there. No wonder you're experiencing low back pain or foot pain even just because of the rotation right there. And so with that, uh, I'm able, yeah, to kind of interplay all of that. But it's been a practice of boundaries of, okay, I don't want to suck up too much information Mm -hmm. where I'm not able to necessarily focus on what's needed for this patient. And so, and even with the adjustments, I started practicing with a neurotonal technique and then I've just started implementing other ones that are still within the neurotonal and then also tapping into more of the emotional techniques as well. So is this subluxation, what a chiropractor would call a subluxation, is this showing up in the person's spine or in the nervous system at this point in time because it is purely physical, it's a physical component or is it chemical or is it mental, emotional? And then spiritual is something that I would say a lot of chiropractors have not tapped into. However, the chiropractor who essentially brought chiropractic to the U.S. and created it for all of us, he was very into more of a spiritual spiritual, energetic realm, and that's where a lot of his work was going. So I think it's been around within our, in our field, but then when we step back and as a doctor, we need to focus on first off the pain. Cause that's mm-hmm. from my perspective, if someone's in pain too, they're more in this fight or flight Yeah, and they're not able to shift or at least balance between fight or flight and then parasympathetic resting, healing, digesting. So when someone's in pain, you're more likely going to be experiencing or more in the fight or flight, which means you're most likely also going to experience emotions mm-hmm. within that state too. So similar to what Dr. Hannah was saying as well on her podcast of how, like, if you're at a lower frequency, those emotions with that lower frequency, it's very tied to also our physical part of our body. So, wow, Yeah. So when you're doing
1: adjustments, can you pick up on the emotions that are going on with the patient or your person?
2: I wouldn't say, like, the exact emotion because I never want to, per se, judge Mm -hmm. or, like, say this is what someone's experiencing because I really don't know Mm -hmm. unless I ask them and they say, yes, I'm sad or, yes, I'm angry or, yes, I'm experiencing grief or different emotions like that. But sometimes what I will um experience will be almost like, okay, they have physical pain there. So I'm more attuned. Okay, they have physical pain right there. Let's focus in that area. But then also too, I'll start to sense there is something else that's there. Mm -hmm. And so then I'll just start to gear some questions to ask, okay, where is this pain coming from? Is it because you fell? Is it because of the car accident? Is it because um, you just lost your job or is that a combination between all of those? Because then that, from my perspective, if it's more emotional or if it's more chemical, then I know that potentially the adjustment will only go so far. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they might not respond after X amount of adjustments and we might need to have them see someone else who can address the chemical part of it. A lot of chiropractors might say that you can go a lot of different ways with the adjustments, mm-hmm. or it might help a lot of different things. But what we do know right now from a research basis is that it helps with pain. Okay. And so that's really so that's where... the
1: primary function of chiropractic is yes. for pain relief. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And can I ask a question that yes. is just going to demonstrate my ignorance <laughs> on the <laughs> topic? So one, I was wondering how often then people should come. But two, I had heard. I think my mom told me this, so, you know, grain of salt, I'm just not sure. But, like, once you start going to a chiropractor, that you need to go more or that it creates sort of in your body the need to be sort of under that care and so that there was that um, concern that maybe adjusting the body so frequently then it creates a need for itself, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And I don't know if that's fact or fiction or somewhere in the middle. Yeah,
2: yeah. I would say somewhere in the middle, depending on the type of adjustments. Okay. So I know there's probably, I know there's over like 100 plus techniques within chiropractic. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of different ways to address multiple different things. And that's what can become so confusing for a Mm -hmm. patient or someone who's wondering about it, because there is many different ways, there's many different things we can help with. But when it comes down to the adjustment and really helping with that, that's why I really love the neurotonal techniques is because it's ultimately like your nervous system telling me where to adjust and then when to adjust and then we can even get into how to adjust. So would I do a manual adjustment? Would we use instrument? Would we do a light contact? Would we just breathe and focus on that area? But ultimately, it's your body telling me, so that we can get away from that concept or even creating patterns within people. Because I think, from my experience, um, practicing and then also personally receiving adjustments, it's been a process to understand that. Yeah, I think some adjustments, it's almost like creating this pattern where it's like, oh, I need this again. And I think a part of it too is because when we, when there is a manual adjustment where there's a release or that popping sound happening Mm -hmm. there's also a potential release of endorphins so then people feel better right away but then if you're not actually addressing the patterns within the nervous system we're not actually getting to a level of healing
0: right it's just
2: like a superficial pain reliever Mm -hmm.
0: and then they want the endorphin release and they want to come back
2: exactly so then it's like so then it starts to create this pattern of like yes i want that because it's creating a feel good mm-hmm. feeling. Which and we then, all want. Totally. Exactly. We're like the mouse at yes. the dome.
0: You know, <laughs> <laughs> The paddle.
2: Yes. <laughs> like give me more. <laughs> but then it doesn't actually help with the pattern of right. why that person's in there.
0: Right. So you look at the pattern and you want to address that pattern and shifting that pattern so but yes. they don't have to come get adjustments yes. all the time. And yes. how
1: do you do that? Do you? What, I would love to know sort of what's what all is in your toolbox. And then I assume then you like to work with other providers when appropriate. Like, you know, you yes. would send them to, like, Dr. Lawler or to, yeah. you know, whomever. You yes, know. yeah. But,
2: there is a technique that I learned um, from a practitioner who is um, – really philosophical based and then also had a lot of neurodevelopmental cases and that was really eye opening coming out of school and from my own personal experience then also seeing the patients and different results mm-hmm. and so as i started to learn this technique and it was it's newer as well it's really through a lot of leg length inequality which a lot mm. of techniques view or figure out where to adjust based off of that But this technique runs through the whole entire spine. So it's not only checking the pelvis or it's not only checking the neck. It's going to run through essentially where a lot of the chakras lie, Mm -hmm. which is really cool because then that can tie into the energetic component if you're informed about chakras Mm -hmm. as well. So that if you run through this protocol and you see a patient say three or four times and you keep saying the same pattern or the same area pop up, and they're still having a headache, then I start to think, okay, do I need to change something? Do I need to adjust differently? Should we try an instrument? Should we try not adjusting that area potentially at this point in time? Or, yeah, do you need to go see someone else? Maybe this isn't really a physical or a deep physical component. Maybe it is more chemical. Maybe you're having headaches because there's a lot going on chemically with maybe the medications or the supplements are off or maybe the nutrition is off. So then, yes, referring to like a naturopath Mm -hmm. or someone like that. Or even going into acupuncture, there's a lot of times that there's a lot of patterns showing up and there's either like deep inflammation within the person we know about it or if it's like a chronic condition, then I'm like, okay, well, we can focus on the pain right now. We can focus on these patterns. But then ultimately, okay, we may need to also see other practitioners because there's a lot of other layers going on within the body or within the nervous system that are wanting to be healed it's just they keep piling up does. does that like yeah. answer
1: your? Question? it does I was <laughs> just thinking how grateful I am that you guys are all with us we're so lucky to have you all in one place right so oh we gosh. can cycle through all of you yes which is our <laughs> our whole idea but I love yeah. that that's beautiful yeah.
0: and you've worked on children as well. Yes. Is that a regular part of your practice? I would say it's a
2: smaller portion. Yeah. I've been in practices where it's been family. One was, um, pregnancy focus and the other one was heavily pediatric. And the first one too, the neurodevelopmental was like 60% pediatric. So I've been a lot around it and I've, practiced with it as well like personally and that's also a very different practice because a lot of the times they're not coming in with those chronic pains or headaches and if they are just gonna ask
1: that like what are they coming in for
2: yeah um some kids they'll either say it to their parents when the parents are getting adjusted I want to get adjusted okay then we start care so let me ask questions to see and that's where I really love the neurotonal technique because most of the time, they, I'm working with such a small amount where sometimes with adults, there's a huge discrepancy within the leg lengths, where with children, because they're adapting so fast to all the stressors, that they're able their turnover rate within their cells is a lot higher. So then ultimately, a lot of what I'm looking for is not showing up. So then I'm not over-adjusting which is great because I don't want to overstimulate the nervous system either and mm-hmm. start to create sort of those patterns of, like, I need to come back because it this whole cascade that can happen. Or if they've, like, fallen and now they have, like, a headache or um, something is bothering them. Definitely there's been conversations, too, where I've had where um, a lot of times I'll be taking care of the parent, parents and the kid will mention they're in pain. And then I, I mention to the parents that that's not normal. A lot of times we may be experiencing pain and we normalize it because we're in that go, go, go type of lifestyle so that when the kid is having pain, it's like, oh, OK, like that's somewhat normal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, no, that's not normal. Like <laughs> we, they need to, you know, let's take care of this now so that when they are 16, they're not having migraines or focus issues or things like that. So mm. the practice is definitely different in the sense of using like heavily using the neurotonal techniques and really listening to them and even just watching after an adjustment because they'll respond very differently than an adult. You almost like see them kind of wiggle mm. their own adjustments out. Mm. So you kind of just wow. let them, yeah, do that. Even with infants, it's very different because, or even pregnant moms. I mean, there's wherever there's going to be a lot of change already happening, you don't need to do a lot as a chiropractor, because there's already a lot of change. So you just need to find the right moment and the right place to help facilitate what is slightly getting stuck so that patient can feel better. With the infant, obviously, there's different ways they express that they're not feeling well, crying Mm -hmm. excessively is one of them. But ultimately, it's really allowing, continuing to allow the patient to kind of lead the way in their care as well for kids, adults, but then also with infants. So
1: it's <laughs> interesting. I'm yeah. trying to see how that would play out with the infant.
2: Yeah. So I I'll still use the same as the same technique. Um, still using leg lengths and it's just so subtle. It's just very, very subtle comparative to an adult.
1: So can you tell me more what that technique is when you say leg lengths? Do you like yeah. measure the legs or like, what do you, what does that mean exactly?
2: Yeah. So when we're standing up, Mm -hmm. our body wants to be as level with the horizon. Like our eyes want to be level with the horizon. So then we don't have our head tilted off to one side. Our head goes straight, but then maybe our shoulder goes up and the rest of the body compensate. And most of the time we don't walk with like our leg half of an inch. And so when you lay on your stomach or on your back, everything kind of changes because you don't, you're not weight bearing. Okay. And so then- when essentially I'm like looking directly down at the feet and I'm seeing if I can see any kind of discrepancy within the feet. So is it an eighth of an inch off? Is it a quarter? Is it a half? Is it an inch? And then as like I've continued to practice with this technique, I've really noticed that Like different things, like a lot of the times I don't see like a whole inch off. Mm -hmm. And if I do, that person is saying, oh, my gosh, this happened or I'm in a lot of pain or some major change is going on. I've had patients where I've seen that and they don't say anything. And I'm like, what's going on? Because a lot of times that doesn't show up. I'm working more with a smaller discrepancy. And then I can muscle, it's essentially muscle testing where I'm pressure checking different areas of the spine, and you could ultimately do it all over to see if it brings that person into balance. And then if it does, then I know, okay, that's the area I want to adjust. And then you can continue to ask essentially the nervous system or the body if I use my hands or if I do a lighter adjustment, if I do um, a grade five manipulation, what is this going to turn out to be does it pull the leg shorter does it um, pull the leg longer or like blow out the nervous system would be too much for the nervous system or does it continue to bring it into balance and then it just keeps I mean as a practice you start to learn okay how do I read all this information and then each person it's going to be very different of what's showing up so it's really this um, leg length discrepancy and then there are patients too where, I don't use that. I just, I sense that it's not needed or maybe potentially on their body posture too. I'm like, I I don't, we're not going to do that today. I think this is where we need to go and this is what's going to happen. Or a lot of times too, by tissue tension. So the muscles, if something's tighter on one side, that's something you know, more challenging potentially within kids or infants, especially if there's no complaints. A lot of times you're not gonna have a lot of tissue tension within those areas. So then that may not be part of the analysis of where should I be adjusting? How should I be adjusting?
0: So you're communicating with the nervous system. Yes. Throughout your practice and throughout your adjustments. Yes. To ultimately right, get into balance. Yes. So that we are supporting our nervous system. Exactly. Essentially? Yeah. Is that what it's, I'm hearing? Yes.
2: Yes, it's Don't really, yeah, so the nervous system, I, I mean, just working with the nervous system, like, one, clearing your own nervous system so that doesn't show up in their patterning, too, yeah. because if you're not clear, you're going to start to pull patterns that are yours within theirs, and then mm-hmm. you'll start to, or if I start to see multiple Of the same segment patient after patient after patient i'm like whoa that's mine Mm -hmm. i need to clear that or i need to at least like okay i'm i'm working with this patient i understand that i may need to clear this for (laughs) myself but i'm here for this patient right now so please show me their pattern so that's kind of tapping into more of the energetics too of like everything is energy which means that my energy is going to intertwine with their energy. So I need to be as clear as possible so that their energy or I can read their nervous system or the energy properly. Yeah. And so with the nervous system, I really view it as like the mediation system. Mm-hmm. It's really trying to mediate or is mediating what's happening outside of us. So everything Mm -hmm. through our senses outside of us. And then also internally. So emotionally, physically, chemically, spiritually. And so with that mediation, if we're not able to essentially adapt to any of the strong stressors, then ultimately they almost, I view it as like they start to build up almost like all these layers and then that's when, after so many layers, which there's not really a number for that right now, but after so many layers, then it's like, okay, I have low back pain or I have a headache or
0: different things like that. So, it's yeah. It was a of physical manifestation of all of our affecting layers, layers. layers that affect the nervous system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so you're <laughs> addressing it. Exactly, yeah. Layer by layer.
2: Oh. <sighs> see this is like all theorized a lot of like, like the top doctors that are creating these techniques they and this is this has been known for quite some time but it's challenging to study because it's something that's not necessarily tangible and it's not like objective at this point in time or at least we don't have the technology to measure it so I would like to say it's layer by layer but the thing is I if there's an emotion attached to the layer or if it's a deeper, um, potentially trauma, then the layer might come up or that pattern might come up multiple times because the nervous system for some reason is still utilizing that information. It's not like stored it yet in the DNA where then you don't have to like keep bringing it up to the conscious level. It's just there. And then you could access it really quickly I just keep thinking like a car accident that's going to have a ton of impact on someone, one physically, but emotionally, too. I mean, and it's not just that like one moment in time when that person mm-hmm. got hit. It's like the before, the middle, the after, and then the after, after, after. Yeah. And so a lot of times I'll see that come up where I'm like, oh, OK, like, you know, or the patient will say, yeah, like this comes up a lot for me. And I'm like, okay, you know, what trauma, like what what's deeper? And then they start talking about like a car accident or something that is a really big trauma response for someone. And so ultimately, yeah, it's like these layers, but some I would say are a little bit easier to process mm. or run through and for the person to heal from
1: than some other ones. I didn't think about using chiropractic for like trauma healing.
2: Yeah, it's, and see, that's where... From my perspective, like I know that a mm-hmm. lot of patients wouldn't think like that. Yeah. And because it's not potentially marketed that way. Right. I've just well. never heard it
1: as something that you go to be addressed. I've heard for pain or yeah. you know, shoulder or whatever, but that's an inter- really interesting the way you're articulating it. So is that yeah. is that a practice that is specific to how you practice chiropractic or is that something that, that is existence in all chiropractic?
2: I would say a lot of chiropractors know that mm-hmm. they understand potentially that may some chiropractors may not agree with it mm-hmm. too but depending sure. on how they're focusing um but i would say the nervous system is processing everything and so every healing modality is really helping with this whole process of healing these layers it's just yeah. how do we want to go about doing it or how is the patient going to respond best or what is the body really needing at that point in time and then knowing that it's going to change as well because we all evolve and it is going to change. And so, I mean, trauma most likely is going to elicit pain at some mm. point in time too. So I think from my perspective, like they are linked. They're mm-hmm. almost like how could they not be linked because they are linked in some. yeah, It's just a lot of the times people may think of chiropractor being a physical pain, yeah. which is completely possible. But even with the physical pain, a lot of times people are angry or they do have other emotions too that are coming up or even, I mean, I've heard different stories or even experienced myself of different pains that come up and I'm like, this is not physical because I've worked a lot on understanding that where I'm like, okay, when this pain comes up, it's almost like the single signal to my brain to focus on something else or focus on this. Mm -hmm. And then it's, almost instantaneously the pain alleviates. So it's really interesting. Yeah. And I think that's where like the practice comes in of understanding for the patient, what is physical, what's mental, emotional, what's chemical, or, you know, what's spiritual and spiritual is not necessarily my realm right now. Like it's something that I'm like practicing, but not, this is what I'm doing (laughs) per se. So, but all of it's playing into it. Sure. And pain is something that we're all going to experience. It's most likely one of the first sensations that we do experience during delivery even as a human, as a child, you're going to experience a lot of pressure. It's a lot of intensity during that moment in time. It's just, there's so much endorphins. There's so much going on that your body sometimes will process it properly or be able to adapt to it. And then sometimes may not. And then there's other things that need to happen, but So it's a part of our life. It's just how can we understand it and then integrate it, alleviate it, and then also live with it if it's potentially never going to go away for some conditions. There are some where I do explain that to patients Mm -hmm. where, you know, our focus isn't getting back to 0% pain or 0 out of 10. It's let's get you to, you know, a 3 out of 10 if Mm -hmm. at best because of where we're at. Yeah. So – Which is challenging. Yeah, I was just going to say that's so hard. It just, my heart goes out. Because I grew
1: up with someone with chronic pain. And I've seen, it's really a difficult thing on people's emotions and their ability to process life, stress. Because when you're in physical pain, everything else is harder. Infinitely so. And then, like, so, like, rheumatoid arthritis, these things that aren't going to go. So that's, I don't know, that's really hard. Yeah. So then how do you... Is that when the sort of psychological portion comes into for helping those patients? Because I think you do, there's a rewiring that needs to occur or something in order to say, okay, I have to. This is my three is my good day. You know, how do you help people who are in that scenario?
2: Yes. Uh, From my perspective, being as honest as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, When I first started practicing, I was sort of like a sugar coder. Like, it's going to be okay <laughs> because I don't want to see someone because we pain. all
1: want it to be okay.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like it's going to be okay. Yeah. But then I was like, I need to stop saying that mm-hmm. because I, that's not necessarily the truth for this patient Yeah. and it's misleading them and it's misguiding them and it's, it's could be potentially hurting them more mm-hmm. if I'm not giving them the truthful information. So it's really taking all the information that I have, whether it's from what they've told me from a physical examination from other practitioners' information or even um, imaging or lab results and just trying to look at it from a kind of black-and-white perspective and saying, okay, this is, like, where we're at and this is where, based off of my experience or potentially this other doctor's experience or from X, Y, and Z, this is where, you know, potentially this is where we're going to be at. And then saying... But I'm not 100% that that's even possible either because of this condition and then explaining multiple different things. A lot of the times, too, even with adjustments, I will explain that sometimes people will feel better. And I would say, majority of the time, that is the case. But sometimes people feel the same. They don't really feel any shifts. And so that, too, can be a lot really frustrating for people that are in chronic pain. Like, why am I not? They want relief. Exactly. Like, why am I not feeling better? What's going on? And so then that's also too, like a referral or let's look into this a little bit deeper. If there hasn't been imaging, let's get some imaging because most likely something's going to pop up on there. And so, yeah, I think it's just coming down to the truth and being as honest with them with all the information that I would have and then yeah, helping them like guide them through that process and um and really, yeah, almost I think that's kind of where too maybe the energetics or the spirituality of even like mantras or meditation, things that are even more gentle that can have that are easy and you can access all the time mm-hmm. or even breath work. Cause I think sometimes too, it's like, we want to run and find all these other things outside of us when it's like, wait, there's a lot that we already have. We have a lot of resource in front of us. And so how can we implement those small things daily too, that maybe brings it down just a little bit as well. And then also just helping them learn about their body. And from my perspective, before someone passes, um, I do sense that they do have to process a lot, a lot of their pain. So at some point in time, you're going to have to process that pain, and so I think once I started to understand that and really see that from that perspective, it it gave me a little bit more, um, or I guess it just opened my eyes of how to help someone too. Of like, okay, if they're re- if if they're really going to have to experience this pain, and I'm sitting here and I'm helping them, how you know how can I help them? With how can that? I
1: be
0: of service, service to
1: exactly? Mm-hmm. Again, I feel, always feel like I learn so much from every guest we get to talk to. And I for know me, I want
0: to experience you.
1: I do too. Oh. We'll, we'll get on your table, especially for me because I have I haven't experienced chiropractic, so this has been amazing and enlightening, and I really love your approach to it for specifically. You know, I think it's amazing. So thank yeah. you. Um, we like to close each episode with asking our guests what their download is. So.
2: I can go very deep. I don't know if this has been like a deep conversation or not, but like recently time, time has been like something I've been really exploring and, um, I've been really trying to understand. I think some of it's cause of patterns and knowing that time we've created it to be linear and like to, you know, set up a time to come meet and record a podcast. Like we have to set deadlines for ourselves and meet those, but then also within the healing realm, it's very cyclical and it's, in and out a lot of the times and that can be very confusing. And so recently I've been exploring time and what came to me is like time is like a wormhole and that it really is like you can only go one direction. You really cannot go back. It is very dark in some places. It's almost going to feel like you get sucked into it and then you have to experience different things. So some of it could be pain as well, but ultimately you're going to come out Somewhere at some point in time as well. So, yeah, it, it's been really interesting. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me on here. Yeah. Thank you. We'll have you yeah. back. And thank you so and much. And we're yeah. so
0: excited that you're at Four Moons. Yeah, yeah. Me too. And in yeah. order to book an appointment with you, Four yes. Healers, Cosmic Collective Healers. Yes. And then Dr. Leanna Hunt.
1: And you have your own podcast, which we will link yeah. in our show notes
0: too, The Harmonic Expressions.
1: Yes, so. yeah, yeah.
2: It's really a mind, body, spirit um, podcast. I cover multiple different topics so far. And really it came from um, working on healing my thyroid and that whole energy center right there and really that download came through of that name and I was like, okay, this is going to be part of my creative outlet. And then also helping me heal and really gain my voice back. That's exactly. Amazing. Yeah. Right. Thank you. More to come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so thank much. You so much.
0: Oh. Don't forget to give us five stars, follow and leave us a review on Apple podcasts and follow us on Instagram at what's your download. And if you'd like to learn more about our beauty, healing and wholeness space, visit
1: us at four moon thank, thank you. you.